Texas Weeds Forum, where we talk to the most interesting people in the world on KABF 88.3, the voice of the people. know the story on wage world we talk to the most interesting people in the world and today we're talking to an old comrade and friend marcy ryan who has written with her co-authors a book called free city the fight for san francisco's city college and education for all marcy is a former ilw warehouse union uh, communications director a writer and activist in the san francisco area welcome to wage world marcy Good morning, Wade, and thanks so much for having me on to talk about Free City. Well, so San Francisco Free City is essentially a was a community college that's been the center of a lot of educational activity in San Francisco for some time. Tell us what's going on here and why this has become such a huge community fight over the last decade. Sure. I want to start by stepping back a little bit so people listening get a sense for what this institution is and what it means. So California uh, in the 1960s established a three-tier system of free public higher education. Over the years, it became no longer free until the campaign that we talk about in the book. But um, the, there were the most elite institutions, the UCs, then the California State University systems, and the community college systems, which were open to all who could benefit from education. So they cast a very broad net. They did all kinds of things. They, everything from career and technical education to arts, drama, literature, um, and a lot of community-serving programs like English as a Second Language. Um, community colleges are also where the vast majority of students of color who are attending college in California go to school. Uh, in fact, in it's 72% of all Black and Latinx students attending college are going to a community college. So when we're talking about an attack on these schools, we're talking about an attack on institutions that really profoundly serve uh, communities of color and working class communities. So that's kind of the, the a big context. Um, it's a story that has a lot of different parts. Another thing that might help people to place it is that this is, people are very familiar with, perhaps I shouldn't assume, but I would assume familiar with the um, fights over privatization and um, teachers' rights and all in um, elementary through high school, K through 12. Um, we look at this as a very parallel fight, the struggle against education, quote unquote, reform, sometimes we call it reform, coming to community colleges. And the most visible um, sign of the struggle, I think, is that in California now, the community college system as a whole has been drastically downsized since 2008. So, um, the community colleges have been shrunken by over a third um, while the while the state um, 
population grew uh, almost 8%. So it's, um, it's really dramatic downsizing. And we describe the motion of what's ha- happening actually as overall shrinkage. So shrinking the size of the colleges, shrinking their mission from this big encompassing community serving uh, mission to really trying to pull it toward a focus of what they call student success. Sometimes we say from open access to success with success being defined as a degree or credential of economic value. Um, City College, City College of San Francisco at its peak um, enrolled about 100,000 students. We figured that one in seven people in San Francisco had a, a City College story. Had a, had a relationship to, to City College. And as we did the book and we were talking to people about it, um, everybody would have a story about City College. I went to get business cards printed and the guy who was doing it in the, this union print shop in the East Bay, oh yeah, I learned printing at, at City College. So it's it's just an, insti- an institution with big, big reach and very deep roots in, in the community. But here's what was so hard to understand, because City College in San Francisco was all, always had a reputation of being one of the best educational community colleges in the country. Why was this such a target in what we see as this bastion of liberalism in the Bay Area? Ah, well, um, that's absolutely true. City College was a top school, one of the largest in one of the largest community college systems in the country. But um, the the city college was very committed to this open access vision. You know, there were to the citizenship, ESL, art, music, languages, classes open to everybody in the community who wanted to take, as well as bringing people into careers and bringing people into transfer. But starting around the year 2000, there, there began to be a um, big push for what I referred to before as the education reform in community colleges, um, away from this kind of open access toward toward a focus on success. Um, one of the things, the book does a few different things. It's an organizing story, and it's also a story to identify the policy network that pushed this shift and the forces that were underneath it. And the, the actual uh, impetus for the policy uh, shift came out of the student loan industry um, and particularly a foundation called the Lumina Foundation that was funded by the student loan industry and started, you know, they, you know how these things work, that you have a foundation, it, it feeds think tanks and, and funds research to prove what it, what the policies are that they're moving towards. So um, they're, they got they evolved this student success agenda that one of the key pieces was um, that education would be more effective if people did it full time. So they started to shift toward a real um, policies that would prioritize full time students. Well, that was maybe 10% of who went to city college because city college is affordable. Community colleges are affordable because people can go part time while they work. So um, in California, this agenda really concretized in something called the Student Success Task Force, which the state legislature created in 2011. It was working 2011, 2012. And 
City College of San Francisco ended up being in the center of the opposition to this legislation, which was trying to codify this new uh, quote-unquote reform agenda. And so it, it attracted a lot of attention, and it was kind of the flagship for the open access school. And it ran afoul of a body called the Accrediting Commission for Community and Junior Colleges. And accrediting commissions are pretty interesting because they're one of these unaccountable bodies that have great influence over um, people's lives. It's it's a private nonprofit that is, um, how would you say, they're, they're certified by the federal government. There's there's six regional accrediting commissions. And that one that the ACCJC, that's the acronym, um, is covers California, Hawaii, Guam, and American Samoa. Anyway, um, the, but the, the leadership of the accrediting commission in 2012 was very committed to the student success agenda. They were on the other side of, of City College. And their leadership, there was some personal quirks, too, because the person who was the president of the college at the time had really... Um, she came out of the system herself. She had been president of one of the other colleges in the Bay Area and had the union filing, I think it was like 15 grievances against her in two years, all of which she lost. I mean, really anti-union, really, um, you know, I, we don't usually like to highlight individual characters, but in this case, the individual character was really a, um, a figure and the accrediting commission in California had gone way punitive on all of the community colleges in the state and city was um probably the most dramatic example but of you know there's six of these regional bodies and the ACCJC had issued like 90 percent of the sanctions against schools and what the accrediting does is just to it's, it's supposed to certify educational quality and also some this big catch-all term institutional effectiveness and there's so many parts to this i'm going to take a, take I know, a pause and it's part of how the student loans work but i mean in reading I'm, we're talking to marcy ryan who's one of the co-authors of free city the fight for san francisco city college and education for all the, the whole story that went in and out uh, in the book as I read it, uh, the accrediting body just had so many conflicts of interest and was just ruthless. Um, and, I mean, it was just they were definitely uh, the wicked witch of this story. Yes, definitely. It's true. And and the thing is that what the accreditors do, if they, de if they pull accreditation, which they – said they were going to do for city college a school basically is goes out of business because the students can't transfer their credits and they can't get federal student loan money but that's one of that's one of the things that's interesting because it was that was the core of the organizing challenge because here's this body how do you get to it people were and people were scared people were scared just out of their minds when this first happened by the threat and it it was so gnarly they couldn't figure out what to do so what they end up having to do this very complicated power analysis and look at um, how the commission is put in place and who has the power to affect it. And the, the uh, coalition that was fighting for City College ended up pulling just every, every imaginable lever you could think of. Um, they did direct action. The students did a lot of sit-ins there were huge street demonstrations the teachers went on strike they 
it, they employed a regulatory strategy because that was one way to get to the accreditors. They filed this huge complaint against it for this attack because, as you say, Wade, the school had never been sanctioned before. Nobody had ever questioned the effectiveness of education. So what was this about? So they, they went through the regulatory process through the Department of Education. Um, the city attorney of San Francisco filed a lawsuit, which actually proved to be pivotal because he won an injunction to stop the threatened closure of City College. And it was both a, a real powerful public education moment and also bought the organizers time to do what they did. Um, they did. There was a lot of research involved because you know, again, what is this accrediting body and where are these conflicts of interest and, and how can we change the story? And that was the last part of it was there was a very powerful narrative strategy that because initially, you know, there was a presumption that of course this is a neutral accreditor. It has to be right. So the activists needed to break that down and tell a different story, which they did very successfully by pulling on all these deep community roots and, you know, all of the city college stories that everybody has. And they, they had this brilliant slogan, we are all city college, which they translated into, I think, eight different languages and um, in a lovely yellow button with a red heart and white lettering. And, and that became the, the slogan for the campaign. I've got to disclose I mean, one of the reasons I was so interested in this. So there are a couple of reasons. One, I, I've known Marcy off and on since 1975 when she was a community organizer for ACORN in Stuttgart, Arkansas. But my mother uh, got a Ph.D. in English after uh, when we were in high school and she um, taught English and then ran the department and went into administration at Delgado Community College here in New Orleans. My Dad and my brother both took, you know, various computer courses there to learn coding. And um, our union represents the workers when they tried to privatize the workforce. Uh, we managed to. So, uh, but one of the things I learned from being that close to community colleges is it's the politics that drives these institutions, not the education. And that seemed to be so much the story here in, in the city college fight as well. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, another, another way to look at it, um, that another context for this is that, you know, for the last several decades, there's, there's been a huge fight for, um, public services in general and an, an impetus to privatize and an impetus, impetus to shrink the public sector. Um, I'm sure that your listeners know all about that. I don't need to have to say a lot, but that's, that was part of it. And I think the, the, there's, um, you know how the, there's a, a, um, a narrative created that the only solution is austerity. And that's, that was a, a consistent point of struggle with city college, because in fact, for a lot of reasons, which I can't, do concisely in a way that won't be confusing, but the funding for um, public education in California had been really, really reduced. So there was, in a way, you could you could see that this new student student success agenda was making a virtue out of necessity. Oh, you know, it really is better to have a much more focused system. And in fact, you know, it was a cover because they didn't want to. 
do the other thing, which is if the pie is too small, do you shrink the slices or do you make the pie bigger? And City College was always about making the pie bigger. And there was a lot of pressure on the school to reduce its spending and to reduce its mission. And, the, the you know, there was a pretty unified, at least in the beginning of the struggle, attitude that, no, we're not going to do that. And in fact, they went to the people of San Francisco for a parcel tax to support City College. And that brought that brought in a, a lot of money. And yet the accreditors were still saying, well, no, you're beyond your budget. Because it wasn't really about, let's see how we can keep this thing going. It was about, you know, a politics of, of a, austerity. The other piece in San Francisco that's a very minor thread that was pretty interesting is that real estate interests are incredibly powerful in San Francisco. It's a small place. It can't sprawl because it's bounded by you know, water on, on two sides and a little, it's a little peninsula. So every piece of land is incredibly valuable. City College sits on some of the best public land in the city. So as the pressure came in the course of this campaign to close down facilities, we saw them being opened up for development interests. And so that was another, I think we spent a lot of time thinking what was the connection to the development politics, to the education stuff. And I think I would characterize it as a crime of opportunity. If you're shrinking public facilities, then, oh, look, more room for private development. So that's another aspect of the politics. Well, and there's no question whether, I mean, when we deal with K to 12 privatization and charter schools, it's teaching it to the test. And the success agenda is really a neoliberalist teaching to the job, isn't it? It's all about whether or not people can monetize their education, uh, which also closes it down. Your point about full-time students, but, were they ever frank about that, or is it just something that comes so clear from your book? Well, you know what's interesting, and I love that, it's teaching to the test and teaching to the job. I wish we'd thought of that. But what, um, what, what another thing that makes this whole, the whole struggle really, really um, confusing in a certain way until you think about it is that this agenda of – pushing for full-time, pushing for more directed, um, what would you say, quote-unquote success, this was all done in the name of this is going to be good for diversity. This is going to be good for our students of color. And we, we called it multicultural neoliberalism because, of course, if you look at the, if you look at the actual conditions of people's lives, it really isn't, you know, but... But there was there was that whole narrative, which became really difficult to unpack. And, you know, the fact that City College is this big community institution also had ways in which it could be improved. And there were some students and parents of color in the city who actually felt like the model, particularly the model for remedial education, hadn't been serving. So when the struggle first broke out, um, there were folks who thought, well, maybe this is a good thing because it can help us get what we need. And that was the story, that this was going to be good. So it took a lot of relationship building and looking at the real roots of the success agenda in the student loan industry and the big corporate interests to kind of break that down and actually uh, 
enables a broad coalition to really to come together in full force. You know, I've dealt with over the years when uh, Acorn had an office uh, in the Bay Area, uh, Coleman Associates. Um, their role was complex and um, sort of difficult to follow in this book. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was complex and difficult to um, to write about. Because they must have been, they they would have been what we normally would have thought is oh this is going to be one of our allies but uh, they kind of kept breaking the wrong way for many parts of the campaign. Yeah, until um, there was a lot. I, I'm trying to it in. Later 2013, early 2014, I think there were there was a whole series of, of discussions and um, kind of community town halls that that brought about greater alignment. But you know, we know that also unions are complicated. The people in them are complicated. So it's you know there was also within this very big city college faculty yeah there were people who were who had racist attitudes and then that carried over into the whole school so it, it's just it was a lot of i think this was a place where the research really was very helpful it was a lot of looking at okay what's personal what's institutional what's you know what are the structures and whose interests are really it's, it's just at stake it, and it was a good piece of research that was done. We're talking to Marcy Ryan, who's one of the co-authors of City, the fight for Francisco's City College. Hello. Hello. I, are you there? I lost you for a moment. We we, uh, we all were lost for a minute there, but uh, welcome to Community Radio. <laughs> but I was, yeah. <laughs> we're talking to uh, Marcy Ryan. Uh, one of the co-authors of Free City, uh, the fight for San Francisco City College and education for all. So in this complex uh, system that uh, you all were involved in there, um, unions were key, uh, as were student groups in uh, breaking through on the other side. Um, but eventually you were able to put together a strong sort of common cause with the unions uh, on this. And how did you get involved in all this? I got involved as a writer, actually, because um, one of my co-authors, Vicki Vicky Legion, had been working in the health education department at City College for um, many years, and she was a core part of the SAVE CCSF coalition that grew up. And that was the group that had some, you know, some faculty, some students, some community. It was kind of an umbrella group. And... She had, they had been trying very hard to get somebody to write about this. And everybody was like, no, this is like way too complicated. And I, at that point, was, was writing for a magazine called Race, Poverty, and the Environment. And Vicki talked to a uh, friend of mine who worked there. And he, he called me and he said, well, maybe we could find somebody else to do this or whatever. I said, no, it sounds completely interesting. So I ended up working with Vicki on a series of articles, and then we finished it up, and we were chatting, and I said, gosh, there's enough here to do a book. And Vicki said, you know, I've been thinking about that. So then we recruited our um, our friend, Mickey Ellinger, who's also a writer and a longtime activist and really a crackerjack researcher, and the three of us um, began work on the book. So it's really a uh, 
a very collective process, this book. But I kept thinking that you were going to, you know, show up somewhere with a with a picket sign or a banner, uh, but you came in sort of after that. So where are we now? This fight's not really over. It looked like in the book that you sort of came to a point where there was some success, particularly in this concept of education for all. So why don't you talk to us about what that, what you called education for all light, and then please tell us where we are now. Is this finally safe or is this still a fight? Um. So the reason the book is called Free City is because in in 2016, um, a lot of progress had been made. The accrediting commission was pretty thoroughly discredited, um, and the school was you know the school had stayed open, but its future still wasn't wasn't secure, and people were kind of at their wit's end. So the then president of the faculty union at City College, um, uh, Alicia Messer, had this brilliant idea. It was sort of a jujitsu move. And they essentially put the, the education for all concept on the ballot with a, a proposition to make City College tuition free for all who lived in the city. Originally, it was all who lived in the city and some of the people who worked in the city. And the there are a lot, you know, free community college has become a popular, uh, popular demand, but a lot of the programs that are put forward are free tuition with a catch. They're free tuition if you will go full time and if you will enroll in, um, you know, a career oriented program. This was the most accessible and brought inclusive free college proposal in the country. And it won in November 2016, one of the few positive things in that election. And then there was a long fight to get the mayor to implement it. Another story we probably don't have time to, but it... it, it, it but the um, mayor's trying to get, get a big taste of this over and over again. I'll just say that and we'll go on. <laughs> right, right. And then the, the accrediting commission reaccredited the school. But here's the thing is that the policy agenda that I was, I was talking about that was initiated on the state level, that kept unrolling. So while City College was really enmeshed in this very complicated fight just to survive, there was, there was another project that was, that was going on that kept bringing in new ways to shrink the school. So there was, in fact, even um, a new funding formula that instead of just funding by students would fund, was called performance funding and would fund schools partly um, according to how many um, folks they had in career and transfer programs and a whole other set of, of um, uh, metrics. There was a something called a repeatability rule, so people couldn't take classes more than four times. So anybody who had consistently been going to City College for art or language or somebody who was just having a hard time with the subject was going to be out of luck. There was a um, there were there were several other things that were initiated on the state level, and there's still this attempt to like shrink the school's mission to fit what resources they think are available. So City College actually has lost. Um, uh, AFT 2121 says basically the school, the class offerings have been cut in half um, since since uh, 
2017. And there have been massive layoffs because another part of this agenda is that it's massively anti-worker. Um, the Accrediting Commission did not like the fact that AFT had the best contracts for part-timers anywhere in the country. So there have been... Um, this is the shrinkage that I was talking about. And so I think there's there's a couple of things in the very immediate. There are three people who are running for the Board of Trustees of City College um, on a platform of um, bringing the school back and organizing support for another. This is a progressive parcel tax that will raise funds for the school. But well, let's, hope, let's hope there's some success there. Marcy, before we... And uh, how can people get a copy of this book or continue the conversation and keep up with this fight, which is very close to what's going on in a lot of other communities? Sure. Um, the best way to order probably is through our very wonderful movement publisher, uh, PM Press. And that would be just um, triple W P M Press. That's like evening PM org, and just type in free city and it will come up. Um, we have a rather dormant blog called Free City the Book. Um, that's all one word, and I think there's a contact on that website as well. So, Excellent. Um, and also an excerpt uh, that might be interesting to people about this fight. There's a community to save education for all uh, in this current issue that's now on the website, www.socialpolicy.org. Thank you so much for being with us, Marcy. Good to have you. This is Wade Brafke and Wade Roll for another week, the world where the other half lives, and we talk about things you've never heard. And as Lucinda Williams sang, things you've never seen will never forget. Wade's World is underwritten by the Daryl Foundation, a progressive force enabling change based in Little Rock, Arkansas. As the song goes, we say it loud, we say it on the air, we say it on the radio. Until next week when we'll have another guest, this is Wade Brafke from Wade's World. Thank you. You come.